everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. It seems like most places in the world are back to flying, so that's pretty exciting. We shall see how things go. It has been a strange time, but hopefully you all are getting a little bit of airtime. seems like all the competitions, for the most part, this summer have all been canceled, but still hoping for some maybe some hike-and-fly events and maybe some things in the fall. But anyway, hope you're flying, hope you're being safe, and... Hope you're all healthy. My guest today is Yael Margalish, a Swiss pilot who lives in Verbier. It's a very special place to my heart. That's where I cut my teeth in a sense. She started flying when she was 19. She's an Ozone team pilot, flies the Enzo 3. Many of you will recognize her name from the world record she broke last year. She has a few world records. Uh, she has the current FAI triangle record of 263K in the Alps, and she had she beat the world record last fall, uh, beating out Marcelo Ochoa, a Brazilian who we've had also on the show, flying 442K. And then about 10 days later, she went 531K. So she's the only woman who's flown over 500K and currently owns the world record. And until very recently, that would have been the world record. Uh, the the boys down in Brazil, Rafael and and, and those guys had the uh, record just slightly longer than that at 564 and this year they went even a little bit further than that. I think it's 578. I think I have that right. But anyway, uh, fascinating person. She's gunning for the X-Alps. She really wants to get in the X-Alps in 2021. She would have applied in 2019, but had a little bit of an injury that we hear about in this show. And we also hear about her incident, I believe last year, when she threw her reserve and landed on a moving car. Pretty interesting. But that all worked out okay. So talk a little bit about safety and a lot about training and getting ready for the X-Alps. Yael is another person who is working with Thomas Therlow. We seem to be on that theme lately. If you didn't catch that show with Thomas, it's people really enjoyed that one. Uh, that was a lot of fun working with him. It's kind of making a show and it's a, a great chapter in the book. Also, the book is pretty much written. We're just in the final editing phase and it's getting really close and Hope it out to you and have it available to you all very shortly. So keep on the lookout for that. So enjoy this talk with Yael Margulish, uh, Ozone Team Pilot and current women's world record holder. Cheers. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. And I know we're, uh, we've got a lot of time, you and I, right now to, to be doing these kind of things. But you were just saying before we started recording that you're, you just showed me your beautiful view out your door there. You're living above Verbier, and is, that's where you're from, right? Yeah, exactly. That's where I grew up. So in the mountains, and it's quite, it's a bit far from the town, so it's quite wild, and I like it. Yeah, perfect place to hide out from Corona right now. And I understand Switzerland is, it hasn't banned flying, but it's just highly suggested not to. How are you, how is everybody kind of uh, approaching flying right now in Switzerland? Uh, I mean, I see paragliders uh, every day, so kind of thermals and local flying. And yeah, it's not banned, but it's like quite recommended not to, not to fly, of course, for the accidents and yeah, to stay like with a good soli solidarity uh, mind and so on. So yeah. It's still allowed. I mean, people still fly a little bit, but not so much. And yeah, 
I think it's not so. <laughs> How did you get into flying? How long has this been a pursuit of yours? So it's been 10 years now that I have the license. So I started, I was 19. And uh, yeah, I started here by seeing the, the others training on the hill next to my house. So that's how I started. And I really, at the beginning, it was not so easy to fly like very often because I was still studying and yeah, it was a bit hard and I didn't get the good confidence at the beginning. So then I could fly much, much more when I finished the studies. And then when I got really involved into it, I really liked it and dedicate my, my life to flying. <laughs> is this is this now your job? Is this what you do or are you still pursuing what you studied? No, I the studies, I finished them and I thought that I would never work in this. Um, I was studying social social works with uh, like any kind. It was either kids or all the older people or so on. And I really, yeah, I, it was not my my dream life <laughs> so i started being a ski instructor in winter and it, i really liked it so i kept i did the whole uh, formation to be a certified ski instructor and then started uh, in the summer i did many different type of jobs so small jobs to earn a bit of money and then i did the tandem license and uh, after i i left I've been living for tandems in the summer and skiing in the winter. Mm. So that that is that still has sponsorship started playing a more of a role, or because you're flying on the Swiss team and competing, is there help you get from the Swiss Federation? Yeah, of course, I get I get helps from the Federation and also so money when I do good results. So, so that's pretty good. And yeah, on the spo- sponsor side. Um, I'm now with uh, the town of Verbier, so they give me a wing every every year. Great. So it's pretty good. And yeah, I'm still looking for the big one that will allow me not to not to work at all in the summer. So really focus on training and flying. But yeah, now it's difficult times and I think it's not going to be for this year. Right, right. And I, you know, I've been kind of following you and we were in touch years ago when, you know, when you supported Michael in the 2015 X Alps, but I I gather that your initial drive or your initial pursuit was competition flying. You've been doing a lot of World Cups and that kind of thing. Is that right? Or have you been kind of into the hike and fly thing all along as well? No, no, I was, I started really the competition in 2015 like it was more to to discover new places and to learn how to fly fast and uh yeah that worked pretty well and i got good results and you know hanging out with people that have the same uh, same passion and so on and i really liked it and with the all the swiss team it was not a problem because i also speak german so it was pretty cool and i always had fun doing that Actually, I'm I'm interested in I can fly since a long time. Like when when I supported Witch, Vichy, the deal was you do I do the X out with you this year, and in two years I'm doing it uh, with you as a supporter. So it was an exchange role, and yeah, for the moment I I couldn't I could not do it because of some yeah knees problems, and yeah I hope for 2021. So 
Yeah. And we're going to get to that in your training. And I know you're pursuing that and I'll have to find out who your supporter is. I'm assuming it might be your boyfriend, but that would be, he'd be a great supporter, I would think. And given his background with it, but we'll, we'll get to that. But what, what happened to your knees? Yeah. So actually I had a tendon it uh, resulting for, for um, a foot fracture that I, I had a um, rescue uh incident in january 2018 and um i landed in a on a car which was driving actually whoa <laughs> and um with the rescue and yeah at this moment the ambulance came and so on and yeah i went to the hospital and they checked the back of course because it's what they what they expect you have for injuries when you when you have a paragliding inc- incidents and they checked my back and I had nothing, so I could stand up. And then the time I'm standing up, I said, ah, my foot is quite painful. And they said, yeah, it's no worries. If it's still painful in one week, you can go to the, your doctor and he will check it. So one week after, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, it's not blue. It's not it's not swollen. So no worries. There's nothing. You can keep um, doing some physiotherapy. And to strengthen the, the the ankle, and so yeah, I believe uh, the doctors. And in the end, in November, I went to the doctor again and said, "Yeah, we have to figure out what's wrong with that because there's something wrong." I'm, I'm sure. And I went, and yeah, we figured out my, that my foot was broken for ten months. Oof. Oh. So I got a surgery straight away, and the uh, yeah, last year was no skiing in the winter. So I could, uh, when I got the surgery, I said to the to the doctor that my goal was to go to the super final in in Mars in March, mm. and he said, uh, "Yeah, I would not say that you're gonna go, but let's see." And I really put everything I had in my hands to get to get ready for that, and in the end, it worked, and that was pretty cool to start the season like this, like no flying, and in the end. Uh, I got second at the super final, so yeah, it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're. Well, wait, before we get to that, how did you land on a moving car? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was training some uh, rhythmic to go in infinity, and I pulled too early. The glider collapsed, and I got. Um, I have an acrobatic system, but my lines were around my head, and yeah, I could just throw the the round one i was super high actually i i was maybe at 2000 meters above the valley and it started drifting on on the right way like a way with open fields and so on i said yeah that's that's good and then started on the other way it's oh no there is the river shit if i land in a river and then i was really above uh, the small village there i thought yeah shit if i land on a roof i will fall down and i will hurt myself and in the end i landed yeah on a small really small road it's tiny road uh, in between the houses and the car was going there at the same moment so i shouted she really braked and uh, this I, I landed on the on the front window whoa that must have given her a fright <laughs> yeah of course the lady was like terrified <laughs> but wow. yeah i could not really choose that did you kind of bounce? Did you hit pretty hard? No, I broke the I broke the screen. Oh so my gosh! With the with you could see uh, really two impacts like my my bumper and my foot. <laughs> Whoa! Have you yeah. have you had any other accidents flying? No, it's the only serious uh, accident I had. 
And you're yeah. so you're you were there in Verbier. You're you're describing this as you were you were training over yeah. the over the valley yeah. there. Yeah, you guys have a fantastic place to train over the dirt there in Verbier. It's an it's an awesome. So now I'm still yeah infinitely tumbling. In, I do only tumbles. I don't do any more uh, some rhythmic because I'm still like kind of super scared and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> did did coming back from that affect your other type of flying too or was it really just specific to doing rhythmic and that kind of thing or was it was there any other kind of i don't know fear injury involved with that no it was just a just a really the rhythmic side and the acro side the other way i i threw some reserves uh, i threw two reserves in competitions and yeah there is was more much more difficult to get back into it like really be uh confident about myself that so those were in world cups it was the first one was in the the two yeah two was in the Swiss Open once in the Decentis, and the other one in um, Engelberg. Mm. Engelberg. And the two times I got again super lucky and yeah, it it was mistakes from my side and yeah in the end I'm I have nothing so it's pretty good but yeah could be worse. Did your acro training change at all how you approached the two times you threw your reserve? Did they? Did you find your acro training helped you to know when to throw, or did that affect it at all? Either of those incidents? Not really, because in acro, all the time I I pulled was the base system, and it's quite different. So yeah, it it not really helped, or I think it's just a a reflex I had and it was pretty good <laughs> mm. because the the rescue always opened well and so you, you said you in 2015 you kind of had a deal with Michael that the next time in 2017 it would be flipped you said you got hurt in 2018 was there another reason you didn't do the 2017 race you just not wasn't yeah I thought I was not ready like not not enough trained and not enough uh, flying also with the commitment. So, yeah. Mm. So I just recorded a show no week ago. It, it isn't even live yet with Thomas. Turia. Yeah. Oh gosh. I won't even try that. <laughs> uh, and he talked, you know, I asked him a lot of questions, of course, about Kriegel and about one day coaching, but I'm, I'm fascinated to learn about what you've been learning from him. Cause I understand you're doing some, you've done some coaching with him and you were, you guys were working together before you went to Brazil and broke the world yeah. record last year. I'd yeah. love to hear about that because he, he mentioned that, that he he was talking about the, they call it the time jump. And of course, I don't know what he, what those words are in German, but he talks about that he had you kind of visualize what the story that you wanted to tell after you broke the world record before you went to yeah. Brazil. Maybe Maybe you could tell us about that. Yeah, we've been working for for five years now with with Thomas. So really, at, at my beginnings, I started working with him. And at the beginning, for me, it was really about the I had problems with self confidence. So really being sure of myself and knowing what I can do and so on. And it really helped me this way to set my goals and to yeah to see what was important to get a good good performance mode so in a good flow so we kept working on that for for a long time in brazil it's a bit different also in in the world cup when you focus on the hours on like more than on your flying 
you start doing some things not right because you're not there only to compare but also to have fun and others must be really a uh, uh, like indication of the air mass but not competitors when you fly in brazil it was funny because we were fighting about uh, against numbers so <laughs> it was like uh, yeah we want to go there and we have this this much kilometers and at the beginning it was pretty hard to get set and to understand also a bit how it's going because it's kind of different type of flying with the wind and so on and then i broke the first uh, first time the world records so um, i was pretty happy but still not super happy with the flying style like i was I was too much focused on the on the performance and I was too careful and yeah I was not flying free and didn't enjoy it as much as the 500s and then Seiko broke it the two, day, two days later so that was like for me uh, still a <laughs> yeah now we're gonna do it again <laughs> and uh, yeah it was difficult also because I kind of saw we had a whole different approach of it like in the post and so on and i got like yeah yeah now i gotta get better and then we tried we tried we bombed out like four times the next day so it was really hard and then the the day before the last day so we we had the chat together with my partners Klimo and, and renald we decided like to not focus on the numbers like to be more free and try to do the things correctly and not to the problem is when you want to be too fast sometimes you you just especially at the beginning of the flight you take too much risk and then you're 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 landed and that's come super fast and then you're you have the whole day to think about what you did did not do right so <laughs> it's kind of hard so we we tried to go to go with that uh, kind of uh, mindset and yeah, it worked pretty well. And then when we saw also that we all three survived on the two first hours, then we had good wins. So we thought, yeah, now that's going to bring it to the end. Thomas mentioned in the show that, you, you know, you, when you approach something like Brazil or X-Alps or Marathon, doesn't matter. He used, the, he used a marathon as, as the example that you can have three types of goals you know the first goal is okay i want to win or be third or be on the podium or be top 10 and he said those are just stupid you know those are ridiculous goals yeah. that it doesn't and then you can have performance go goals which uh can be really useful you know so like say in the mm -hmm. x alps you want to be able to climb 3000 feet in an hour whatever you know you, that that would be like a performance goal or a, mm -hmm. in a marathon you want to run a marathon in four hours. The problem with performance goals is that a lot of other people could do the same thing. You know, the many yeah. other people in the exile, a lot of people in the exiles could climb 3000 feet in an hour, you know? Um, so he really focuses on the process side yeah. of things. It sounds like, sounds like that's kind of what you and Clement and you all decided to do is, okay, well, in instead of chasing the world record, the number, yeah. let's just fly well. Exactly. Yeah. It's more about all all what's behind and what's the feelings and yeah it's I think everybody's different but for me it's really when I focus on a number on a, another person I just lose the the fun of flying and the the reason why I love it so much so that brings me into 
not into a good performance mode, like into the flow. We actually call it the flow. So yeah, for me, it's it really it's really important to have like process goals. You can always analyze and also see when when you reach it or not, and it's it's a good tool. What did your team? How did you guys prepare for even going to Brazil? Was there a lot of practice team flying before you went, or was it more sitting down at night and just talking about strategy and tactics and that kind of thing? So uh, with Clem- uh, with Clement, we never been there, and Renald was there the last the, the the year before. So he had really good information about the flying and what we can expect, and also the towing because we never towed before with Clement. So it was kind of for for me before going, I was kind of scared of what's towing and how it's gonna go with uh, with strong winds and so on. And yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> and then we. We flew a bit together. I flew with uh, Renald a bit, and uh, Clément was not uh, available on this day. And yeah, we we also had some dinners together to to really see the we, what we're gonna have there, and set also some um, some tables with um, the distance and the, the hours, so we can see that uh, if we have to abort the flight because we're not gonna make it to the to the mark of the world record or not. And uh, yeah, that was helpful. And yeah, now it's very different because after going there, we can see that we were not ready on many points, like not the material side, not the the mental side, but more the all the papers with the FII to certify records and so on. Mm. And also the waypoints we have to, to use. And we lost a lot of time doing that. And yeah, now we know that... Uh, that was a bit of a weakness and um, we know also better the place and how it's going on and how hard are the two first hours to, to stay in the air. And yeah, we hope we're, we're going to go again this year and uh, check what's, what's going on if we have good win. <laughs> you mentioned that when you contacted Thomas and started working with him five years ago or so that one of the, one of the main things you wanted to work on it was a lack of confidence how do you how does he yeah. approach that i mean i think many people can relate to that i think it's i, I don't know because i haven't speak with much people about that but i know that i'm always that's my i always been like that it's been thinking that i'm not doing good enough or so on and degrade myself and yeah I don't know about other people what what they really need, but for me it was a really good good um, approach of the thing. And also when you got doubts, so you analyze and try to to fix the thing that you you find back good um, flow like. Mm. So so really the what he's helped you with is is more easily accessing the flow channel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So letting kind of letting your subconscious do more of the work. Don't let your conscious mind get in there with doubts. Yeah. And, pretty much. Yeah. Huh? Can you can you share in specific ways how he's done that with you? So for me, I got like I was uh, taking the the points that are making the flight good or not. So like it's fun, it's focus, how I feel that day. What was the next one? There was four of them. 
and yeah, how, how how confident also I feel. Just so the the feeling of the body and the feeling of the confidence. And with all of that, like trying to get to hundred percent with all of these um, points, was bringing me into a good like flow. And for me, it was really those those things. There was the there were the keys. And I know how to feel well, so I have to eat well, sleep well, and not drink so much. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> and uh, for the confidence, sometimes it's a bit harder to... Yeah, sometimes, you know, when there is a lot of wind of ta- on takeoff and you, 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 nobody's going and you, you start thinking about how is it in the air, you just have to go and see and then how you feel in the air and we'll, we'll see if you go landing or not and yeah with all these points i m- managed to have this this channel that that was bringing me into a good flow or not you're thinking about or you're planning on i understand you know depending on covid obviously and your your knee uh you're trying you're planning on the x alps for 21 i'm curious or, oh, you know, I wanted to ask you first, are you part of the X-Alps Academy? Have you been doing any of those uh, courses? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of it, but actually it's, it's quite hard to go to every, every training and so on because they, all, they take place a lot of, in the weekends and in the weekends I'm doing tandems. So, yeah, it's kind of hard. So it's also next, not next to my home. So now I'm focused more on the... Um, on the physical side, uh, I took a coach like is doing some some plans for training, and I think it's better so. And I also can ch- can chat with Michael to 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 have all the information he, he can give me for the exalts. And will you do any you know uh, any smaller races on the? I know you're planning on the Air Tour, but will you do like the Iger Tour or Verico Fly or Gruyere or any of those in preparation for the Exops next year? So for sure, I will do the this year the the Air Tour if it takes places, and uh, otherwise, if not, I plan to go on the Verico Fly, which is much smaller race. So let yeah, let's see. And, but not the Iger. No, it's in the middle, middle of, the, of the summer and I have the our European Championship. So, yeah. Okay. It's kind of not so easy to <laughs> mix everything. Going into, you know, I, you've been around the X-Alps quite a bit and you live in Europe, so that helps. But also because you supported Michael in 2015 and, you know, obviously it sounds like you've been doing some work with Kriegel and the X-Alps Academy, which is that just looks awesome. I'm so envious and jealous of that. But when I, before my 2015 race, I had a lot of uh, doubt and just, I just had really no idea what I'd signed up for. And and in a lot of ways, there was a lot of trepidation because I just, Mm -hmm. I honestly had no idea if I was just going to get eliminated right in the beginning or if I was going to do okay. You know, it was, it was kind of hard to what are you, you know, I, I realize it's still a ways out, but it's not that far away. What are no. you kind of, when well, actually you date Clement who did it twice and did it really, really well. So I'm sure he's been really valuable f- as as well for information, but what are you kind of most worried about? Mm, about, yeah, the tiredness and the flying in super hot conditions with, with the soulless uh, sleep hours. So I think you you really got um, 
yourself into your your limits and your reserves and i think when you're tired maybe you just like yeah it's super hard this this um i was talking with uh, aaron a few months ago and he said oh yeah this place i know i was he was uh talking to a place next to my uh, my home i fell asleep in 2015 there (laughs) i said no come on (laughs) so i mean that's something yeah I have no idea if I can handle it. And yeah, otherwise the the aspect of flying in super turbulent conditions. But yeah, I think it's also something I got to train. And uh, also for the confidence, I will, if I, if I subscribe, I will really get uh, close to Thomas for one year and try to really prepare myself as well as possible. Do you know who your team would be yet? Have you given that any thought? So. Hopefully Michael Vici mm. and uh, I have a good friend also here. He's super motiva- motivated and he's called uh, Joel Boucher. He's a, he's a pilot, like tandem pilot and doing a bit of acro. But he's also a yeah, super good uh, sports runner and ski tourer and so on. So yeah, on the sportive side, he's super motivated. So that's good. Mm. I had a really special time with Michael in 2015. The second day we walked down off of Ashow together because we all got there. Well, I got there the night before and then those Aaron Durgati and he and a bunch of others came up that morning <laughs> and it was all stormy and nasty. And Yeah, it, I remember. It, 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 it was a crazy morning there. Huh? Oh my gosh. And my, my supporter, Bruce, was just like, you got to go down. It's, it's terrible. It's tons of wind and all this. And Gaspard kept coming over to me and pulling me away from everybody. And he goes, you should wait. It's going to get good. You should wait. It's going to get good. And I was like, how is it? There's no way it's going to get good. It's just (laughs) dumping rain. It's awful. And so we all walked down and I had a great talk with Michael about him being an engineer and everything. We had a nice walk together and then Gaspard flew right over our head like an hour later. (laughs) I was like, how did you know that? And I later found out that he had a weather team and all that. How about that? Would you, will you have, you know, a dedicated weather team sitting, looking at servers and, you know, there's, I I think that's what Kriegel does and several, I've done that now in 2017 and 2019. And I'm really on the fence really, actually, if I'll do that again, but yeah, yeah. what, what will your approach be with your, Yeah, I think it's the most important part of the thing is to be, uh, in the right, right time in the right place. And for that, you all, you really have to know what's going on with the weather. And I think I'm not such an expert, so I would definitely request some people to to give daily reports and to be joinable when when I need if I have any questions and so on. I think it's the best way to have them because there's not much sense to bring them together. So yeah, I'll try that. And what what do you see yourself flying? If you had to make if you had to make a decision now, and there might be something new out by then, but what what gear would you probably use? I will definitely get the take the Zeolite. I I bought it uh, last winter and I did one flight with it, so um, it was uh, all yeah, 199 kilometers. So just uh, before they said that we should uh, stop flying, <laughs> <laughs> and actually it's an incredible glider. Like it's it's super. I find it super easy. So yeah, it brings back all the feelings and yeah. I really liked it. Mm. Super performant also. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah, it's a great, great wing. 
switching gears to your comp flying, you've been, you said you started kind of getting into comps in 2015. Is that right? Yeah. You, you've really, I've been watching you the last couple of years. You've really turned on there with the comp flying. Take me through that progression a little bit. How, <laughs> how has your approach been? How did you, how did you kind of start figuring it out, making it click? I think the more you fly, the better you get. So um, doing a lot of comps or in all kind of different terrains brings me yeah a lot of knowledge and then you 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 don't think about them anymore but you have them and uh, I think it's that's really something you you learn by experience so that that's a big part of it and uh, as we mentioned uh, just before with with Thomas that the work we did together was uh, was really important for me so yeah I think it's it's half of the of the thing that my progression got good and yeah have you been flying a lot in the swiss league yeah uh, as much as i can so we do some trainings and some local uh, competitions so on weekends i've been doing a lot of them so when the ski season is over and that's pretty good because there is always good pilots in switzerland and you always learn also the the league team leader is always doing some debriefings with the wins and with the with the options and it's super super interesting how does the swiss team approach passing on knowledge to all of you is it it seems quite organized to me like with the swiss league that you're all they're really it seems to be that they're really building everybody up Uh, it's it's hard to say i think um i think more or less that it's just like in other countries like the people who are involved and motivated they get good and uh, I think also some people they like to share things and some others are more yeah they say a bit less and they just let you <laughs> go by yourself so I think it's it's not so organized like I don't know I think yeah the, when you're motivated uh, in any country you are if you have the the infrastructure of training and doing some comps you you will get better how does how does comp training look for you uh, you mean when i'm not uh, in in a real competition then yeah i mean how do you how are you preparing for say the super final or a world cup or you know if we if we were in real time right now and covid wasn't happening how would you be preparing for the world cup in passy uh, as it's really close to my house, I, w- I would go there and try to train a bit there because it's an interesting place in Brazil also. And it's more like looking the the old tracks on the, sorry, on the, um, the previous competitions to see what, what are the, a bit the, the normal tasks they set. And yeah, it's more like, it's more like that. And then. You just fly the two first days before the comp and set your marks and then you, you got to go. When you look at your results and, and I, I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily mean ranking in you, the World Cups, but when you look back at the times where you feel like that's, that's where I really flew well versus other times where uh, I didn't really fly, have you been able mm-hmm. to find a common thread? Not really, because it's kind of, yeah, the last 
comp that I didn't fly well was the the World Cup in um, Cœur de Savoie last year. And I mean, it was hard to it was hard to analyze what was going on because I was flying well and I just they had this end of speed section which is super tricky and I bombed out twice in the end of speed section and it's like I wouldn't say it's it's uh, um, when you have chance and when you don't have it like yeah I would but yeah I could not really analyze it properly what's what was wrong from my side and uh, yeah that was pretty hard but otherwise you know every comp I got better and I got good rankings and if I don't have good ranking at the end I still do like super nice tasks and I know what are my weaknesses like when um sometimes I'm too optimistic and I'm don't I'm not checking enough the the sign that shows that it's gonna get tricky or so on and that's anticipation and that's really something I have to get better at it Kriegel, I don't know if you listened to the show I did with Kriegel, and then we did a we did the follow up with a bunch of the ex Alps athletes. We've actually got another one of those coming out here pretty soon that I recorded ages ago, but we just haven't put it up yet. But Kriegel talks about the benefits of gambling, you know, like taking chance, taking risk. You know, if you if you gamble ten times and you win eight, that's better than only gambling four times and winning four. You know, and, and in other words, it pays off in something like the X Alps to take chances and to yeah. not not like take sporting chances, not chances with your life, but take sporting chances. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to go deep and take chance when you're not in the race, but when you're in the race and going off course line twenty yeah. k to chase a cloud street. It really makes sense. It's visual. It's what you would normally do if you were just flying from Verbier and you're flying yeah. to Fiche tomorrow and on a good day, you know what you need to do to get there. Uh, and you're okay with that because you don't care if you land because you can walk. It's not a big yeah. deal. But in the X Alps, it's like, man, if I put it down at noon and miss two hours of the good part of the day, mm-hmm. it's a big penalty. It's not, yeah. it's it's a physical penalty. It's a mental penalty. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, I find that I get more and more boxed in. I, you know, as the race goes on, it just takes, it's yeah. committing doing those. Have you thought about yeah. that at all and how you'll approach that? Yeah, I, I thought about that, but I also thought straight away that it was something I had to, to discuss exactly with Thomas, like to have some small book of rules and to analyze which option is uh, yeah with how many points you can tick on the on this option or on the other option and or something like that i don't know exactly but i really think it's something you have to think about it and not take it like just spontaneously um because it's too yeah it's too painful (laughs) if you miss it Book of rules. That sounds interesting. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's it's how I imagine the thing, you know, it's like a checklist or something that, that you just, yeah, let's go or let's go somewhere else, you know, and you, you can compare both, uh, both options. Okay, so pretend that we're not on a big public forum and everybody's listening to this. <laughs> 
uh, how, and given Thomas saying, you know, having a position goal is completely stupid, but what will your goals be for the X Alps? You know, as a, as a woman, it's like, it's hard to, to, to imagine what I can do because there is no many women's competing and so on and i know that uh, i i would not be as strong as most of the men but yeah I, my goal is really to go as fast as pos- as far as possible like you cannot say i want to go to Mo- monaco but you want to you want to say yeah i want to go so as far as i can and also like be be fit at the end of the race so not be destroyed mm. physically mm-hmm. what about fun fun is flying <laughs> <laughs> what I if mean, it's like 2017 and we can't the, fly <laughs> the best place of the world and then yeah <laughs> i remember a video of you that uh it was the after the cold of ours in 2015 i think you didn't have so much fun there oh my god yeah i was <laughs> i went from having a banner epic beautiful day where it was like oh i'm gonna get to monaco no problem and the the two guys behind me just had no chance to catch up but i was you know, I had whatever it was, I had seventh, like locked up and then, whoa, did things change for me in the span of yeah. very few minutes? Yeah, that was, okay, that's a good question. Kriegel famously doesn't scout really any of the race beforehand. I learned that from him in, in 2015. You know, he doesn't spend the many of the pilots, the, the ones that have the time will, you know, they and their teams will go yeah. learn parts of the course and fly as yeah. much as they can. How will your approach be? Because Kriegel doesn't do that. It's hard to say. I think I, I would still, I would try to get as much as information from the locals because I think it's, they know which, which, which conditions the, the place is good or not. And, I also think I will go and check a bit because, yeah, it's for, for me for sure it will be helpful to not only Google Earth <laughs> head to have. So, yeah, I will definitely go and, and check. What does your year look like between now and next? I don't know if they're having June or July. We don't know yet, but yeah, let, let's assume we weren't dealing with Corona right now, but what, what did it look like? What, what were you planning on? You know, give me the kind of highlights so, of the year. Yeah. I, I really want to focus, um, also on the, um, actually before the, this all thing started, I, I wanted to turn this year really professional in summer. So not to do any tandems anymore because it's always like, you said to the boss you're there and then there is a super nice day and you can, you're flying up and down tandems when you can do 250Ks. And I really want to fly more like for fun, for not in competition, but cross country. So I wanted to turn professional for that. And yeah, now let's see with all these things. I did think it's going to be difficult, but uh, yeah, I wanted to take more more time for uh, cross country. And also to train a lot uh, physically for what's ahead. And I have this uh, air tour in, in June normally, and then the European Championships. And then I will do only one World Cup this year. So it might be either Gemona or Decentis. I will see. 
it's for the moment it's hard to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly for everybody right now who knows yeah um and then you said you're going to probably return to brazil yeah i hope so i i hope so i will go again with the swiss league so let's see if they still want me to to be in the in the team there because yeah i have the wor- world record now and yeah <laughs> maybe that they, they don't think it's good to they will let the chance to somebody else. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think now we have more ex- experience, and I really think we can we can do better. So yeah, let's hope mm. I, I can go again there. Mm. Yael, your 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 boyfriend has done very well in the X Alps in twenty eleven and thirteen, or no, so yeah, twenty thirteen and fifteen. Yeah, okay, no. Oh yeah, because 2015 he got injured and he wasn't able to yeah. start. Uh, what have you learned from him? What 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 have his advice has been for getting ready <laughs> and for doing well? Um, yeah, we discussed about about a lot of things about uh, just um, more the logistic aspect and so on. So it's quite helpful and. Um, I think the Ixalps getting more and more professional. Like there, there's no, yeah, the teams are more and more good built. And at the time he was there, I think it was still like a bit of freestyle. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's a super good athlete, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think it wasn't super easy for the, the the team. So yeah, and we also talk about what what you sh- how you should approach the thing with the also. Um, checking the route and so on. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Tell me about that. That, that is interesting. How does, what does he, what's the best homework you can do for the route? Uh, he's a pretty good, um, um, user of Google earth. I have, uh, <laughs> with my laptop is a bit harder, <laughs> <laughs> but he's using it really well. And so we are, we're checking and also for the triangles or any exit plans we have so we check the route and it's it's super interesting so that's m- mostly how he does and uh, yeah it, uh, when he went to the exit he was also going to to the places and checking yeah that was one thing i mean i'm sure you've noticed this and because you took part in 2015 that's been something that's completely blown my mind in 2015 and i've said this many times i apologize to the listener i know you've heard this a bunch but in 2015, I, the mistakes we made and I made were so many that they're just, there's too many to even put down on paper. You know, we did this big feedback thing at the end and evaluated all our moves and stuff. And it was just mistake after mistake after mistake. And they were all totally legitimate, fine mistakes. We were comfortable making them because we were new. We didn't know what we were doing. And yet it's, you could still make all those mistakes in 2015 and still do okay. <laughs> and now it's the pace is unbelievable. It's yeah. just gotten so much faster. I, I'm going to say it's probably 30%. May, I don't know exactly, but it's the pace of yeah, the top crazy, yeah. 20 teams is, is unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. It's amazing how fast yeah. and how, prepared and how logistically prepared and the whole thing it's just it's really remarkable yeah Yeah, i think so too so that's why i said now yeah it's it's getting i think for the for the team also it's good if we if we have a good preparation together and yeah of course 
Ah, but that's, us and doing this. that's a lot of the fun though, too. The preparation's yeah, fantastic. You know, it's, that's, uh, you know, it's not just the race. It's the whole, yeah. it's the whole gamut of the, the beginning of the end. And, and it doesn't end at the end of the race either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yale, that was great. Uh, uh, it's fantastic to see you. It's been a while and I hope that we all get back to the skies here soon. And, Wish you the very best in your training and your preparation. And thanks. Congratulations on the world record. That's epic. <laughs> and can show you. I just got the thing like uh, one week ago. This. Hey. <laughs> Diploma de record du monde. Fantastic. Wow. How 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 far was it? I know it was five hundred, but it was five hundred and some odd, uh, right? In straight distance, it's uh, five hundred thirty-one. Fantastic. Fantastic. And if uh, using three points is uh, 552. So we did a big banana. <laughs> As you do down there. Magnifique. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks to you. Okay. Bye. If you find the cloud based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So for example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription. And it makes all of this possible. Uh, I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people. And these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. Um, You can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, We tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, little video casts that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear. We don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us then just let me know and i'll set you up with an account of course that'll be lifetime and hopefully and you're being in a position someday to be able to support us but you'll find all that on the website uh all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support And we'll see you on the next show. Thank you.